Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Hi, curious minds out there in Radio Land. This is Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, host of Connecting with Coincidence, the only radio show in the world dedicated solely to the study of coincidences, synchronicity, and serendipity. We are coming to you through X Zone Radio, located in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and broadcasting all over the world. I'm a psychiatrist, I help people with medications and psychotherapy. I work in both the brain and the mind. In my junior year of high school, I won the batting title. And I won it because I knew how to bunt. And the art of bunting has to do with timing. You have to, take, you have to watch the pitcher. And you have to watch the third baseman. And you have to put yourself in a bunting position at just the right time to fool both of them to take off to first base. Seven of my 17 hits that year were bunts, and timing is so crucial in our understanding of coincidences. I tell you about my sports exploits to let you know that I am goal-oriented and practical. I want to know how things work and how to use them. Welcome to CC with BB.
coincidences alert us to the mysterious hiding in plain sight. I am here to promote the study of coincidences. As you listen to me, you will see more coincidences. That's what I do. I am on this planet to help increase your coincidence awareness. And you can use my book to help you recognize coincidences in your daily life. Why? Because coincidences can help you with decision-making, psychological changes, spiritual development, health questions, creativity, money problems, job issues. You will learn how in this book to increase their frequency and to explain them. Some of these coincidences uh, suggest that we have untapped human capacities. I call some of these human GPS and also some fairly well-recognized sense of coincidence related to telepathy. I'll tell you one story that happened to me. It was San Francisco, 1968, a great time to be in that city. I was doing my medical internship at Mount Zion Hospital, getting ready for a residency in psychiatry. Stanford University is located south of San Francisco, down Route 101, the Bayshore Freeway. So I thought I'd take a shot at a position there. Fred Melgis, a psychiatrist on the faculty, interviewed me. Fred's a tall, bespeckled man with deep, inquiring eyes, and he carefully inspected me. He asked, what was I interested in? What, what did I read? For some reason, I launched into a discourse about George Kelly, a psychologist at Ohio State University, who had written a book ambitiously called A Theory of Personality. Six years early, earlier, bored with studying, I was wandering around in the basement stacks of the Swarthmore College Library when I happened upon this book. I was looking for something interesting, and I'd found it. For Melges, I recited a key line from the book. A person's processes are psychologically channelized by the way he anticipates events. Or said more simply, expectation influences experience. Melges was very surprised. I studied George Kelly too, he said. That two psychiatrists would be deeply interested in a relatively obscure psychologist amazed Melges. Well, there were three slots left in the residency program for that year, and I got one of them in part because of that interview. Fred became, at his request, my advisor. Of all the faculty members interviewing residents, I got the one who resonated with a serendipitous discovery of mine. Melges was studying and writing about how personal views of the future influence current feeling and action. He was on the leading edge of psychotherapy at the time. Even now, psychotherapists tend to overemphasize the past and present with little direct focus on the personal future. Yet our views on the future strongly influence what we do. How did it happen that Fred and I talked about George Kelly? Well, our guest for today is Gibbs Williams, a psychoanalyst, a supervisor, a radio talk show host, and an author. He practices in New York City for over 40 years. He's been researching synchronicities for over 45 years. He's on the same radio network, and I'm so pleased to have him here because in his book, Demystifying Meaningful Coincidences, Synchronicities, he has brought to the study of coincidence a view of coincidences that 
is not shared by many people studying this important idea. In the next segment, Gibbs and I will talk not about the universe or God causing coincidences, not about how probability influences uh, the creation of coincidences, but how we ourselves in the middle between probability and between God and universe have a lot to do with creating our own coincidences. His valuable insights are reflected in a blog post I wrote on psychology today called psychodynamic coincidences or the psychodynamics of coincidences. You might take a look at that after we talk with Gibbs. Gibbs has found an important concept for all of us to pay attention to in the study of coincidences. And I'm inviting him to discuss with me this idea with Fred Melchus. We'll be back after a short break with Gibbs. This is Johanna Carroll, host of Dialogue with Divinity on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. While walking along Kanapali Beach in Maui this past year, I kept discovering all these shells and coral in the shape of hearts. My Dialogue with Divinity was very simple. Do you want me to do a retreat to heal people's hearts in Maui next year? And of course, the answer was yes. As a master spiritual teacher, I am offering you a neat retreat called Rise, May 8th through the 12th, 2017, and the chance of a lifetime to rest at a five-star resort for five days and experience a spiritual renewal of your heart and soul. Kanapali is one of the top five beaches in the world. This stunning resort has undergone a $40 million renovation. I walked the entire property, checked out the room choices on your behalf, and I must say, it is stunning. Our conference room faces the ocean with sliding glass doors. Maui is known as Mother Maui because it is a soft, gentle, healing energy. In the embrace of Mother Maui, you will feel yourself rising from the limitations of an ordinary life to an extraordinary journey of peace, bliss, and harmony a greater sense of clarity. Our RISE retreat ignites renewal in the sacred elements of air, water, earth, fire, and wind. There's plenty of free time to enjoy all that Maui has to offer. A small deposit is required now to reserve your space as this retreat, it will sell out. For more details, please go to johannacarroll.com and register today. Aloha, and I'll see you in mystical Maui. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. 
Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Welcome back to Connecting with Coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beidman, M.D., My guest today is Dr. Gibbs Williams, a practicing analyst in New York City who, as I've mentioned, has a unique and important take on the study of coincidences. Gibbs, welcome to the show. Pleasure, Bernie. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Glad to have you here. Uh, Let's start with uh, what you mean by psychodynamics and how that's related to coincidences. Theoretically, uh, the operational definition of psychodynamics is the idea that anything psychological is the result of what is going on internally or an internal reality having to do with a uh, combination of drives, uh, expectations, uh, forces, and how they interrelate. And how does how do psychodynamics relate to uh, coincidences? Great question. I think it's really uh, really important, and I, I want to make a pitch for uh, taking the time for anybody who's seriously interested in these uh, amazing phenomena to really get deeply involved in things like psychodynamics. Why do I say that? Psychodynamics are somewhat different for each theorist. Since uh, change the um, formulas for psychodynamics and you come up with a different theory of synchronicities, alternative theories of synchronicities are going to be instrumental in governing how you eventually interpret them. Uh, Interpret them uh, according to uh, a psychodynamic uh, pattern of, uh, let's say, A versus B you're going to get an entirely different uh, way of viewing uh, the uh, meat and potatoes of a given synchronicity. So you're talking about the many different schools and theories within psychoanalysis uh, with psychodynamic psychotherapy that each will come up with a different way of understanding, interpreting, and using uh, coincidences. That's, a, that's, that's opening up a wide area. Uh, how successful are you in getting other analysts to pay attention to what you're suggesting? Oh, I probably have been influential in uh, convincing about two people to uh, consider that point of view. I'm being facetious. I'm not really sure. Because there are so many different theories from ego psychology and self psychology, and the the, and defenses of of ego psychology, and many others that you know better than I, uh, that to apply each of them to any one coincidence is it takes a lot of thinking and a lot of theorizing. Well, let me give you an idea of what I mean and why it's so important. Okay. Uh, I, perhaps you know the movie Rashomon, you know, with uh, 
the storyline of a um, uh, Japanese uh, person who's uh, in the group. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Grass and he's observing... Uh, a bridegroom uh, leading a horse with his uh, bride on it, and in the midst of uh, them walking across this grassy field, the uh, woman gets accosted by a rapist, and uh, it's a violent scene, and the movie proceeds to give you, believe it or not, four different versions of the same story, with, I guess, a fifth version, which is you and the audience. That's called Rosh, the name of the story is Rosh Oman, and I uh, took the word Rosh Oman as uh, Rosh Omaning, which means you can look at virtually anything and change the context and you'll get an entirely different meaning. For example, so important, so important, Gibbs, good, uh, good observation. So, so for example, very simply, if I ask you one plus one equals, you will say? Two. Thank you. If you look again, one plus one could be? 11. Good. And try one more time. One plus one could be? One plus one. All right. Try the number three. And the idea there is uh, Hegelian uh, dialectic, meaning uh, husband, wife, he penetrates her, gets her pregnant, and you get a, a child. So one plus one could be three, and then the three becomes the new one. This okay. is the occult law of threes. Good. Good. Uh, thesis, antithesis, and synthesis is the way I understood it, but yours Correct. is even, yours no, is even that's simpler. Accurate. That's accurate. So in other words, you can look at anything from in, in a different context and get an entirely different set of meanings. Well, I've got one where zero equals two, which we can talk about another time. All right. If I can't, not to talk however, my analyst used to say, in addition to E equals MC square, try this one. Time equals libido. <laughs> These are good mind stretchers. They certainly are. It took me and eight years to get my hands around that one. Well, we'll leave that one alone then for the for the purpose of this program. No, to tell you the truth, it becomes strategically important relative to my theory of synchronicities, but on, on to something else. 
Well, if you'd like to, if you can do it in a short period of time, if I'd like to do it. And we have to keep in mind that a lot of what you're talking about is is complicated and uh, difficult to comprehend and then apply some of that to actual life. And I want to talk about the coincidence with Fred Melges that I started at the earlier in the show. Uh, it gets a little bit complicated for people running around there in uh, everyday life to be able to bunt this one into something practical. Now, to tell you the truth, I don't think it really is all that complicated. So, for example, time equals libido. Libido is like life force or basic energy. With the formula time equals libido, all there is no time. There's time, linear time or clock time is a convenience for us to be able to know how to meet and do this program together. Uh-huh. Essentially, everything's basically in the here and now, timeless. We impose time as a construct to make things orderly. If time equals libido, then essentially all there is is raw energy. Uh, and the idea being, if you determine what you want to do, meaning making informed choices, that's what you do with time. Or time is, in effect, making personal meanings which fill up empty space. Okay. Okay. Let's, uh, let's see if we can apply some of that to the... Uh story I told you about my psychiatric residency. And in summary, um, I showed up kind of late in the interview process at Stanford um, after I finished my internship in San Francisco and uh, was interviewed by a guy named Fred Melgis, uh, who asked me what I was interested in. And I knew a lot about psychoanalysis. I, I knew uh, a guy who was past president of the Psychoanalytic Society in New York, Association in New York. Uh, so I could have talked about psychoanalysis, but I ended up talking about George Kelly. And I don't know why I did that, but I did. And it turned out that Fred was one of those rare psychiatrists, uh, I don't know any others, who were studying George Kelly. And Fred was writing a book or had written a book on time in the personal future, which was based a lot on George Kelly's idea, ideas. Kelly was a psychologist at Ohio State. So how is it that I happened to pull out of my memory bank George Kelly rather than something else to a guy for whom it was just the right thing to bring up? It helped me get my residency slot at Stanford uh, in a way that might not have happened. So how do you well, understand that, Gibbs? Well, try the following. First of all, I think that... Um the synchronicities that I've studied with uh, patients who have volunteered, uh, who I call um, uh, synchronicity alert uh, patients who indicated that they were such, gave me journals which detailed many of their synchronicities. And what I found most important is uh, trying to understand the context out of which they come. So I ask you, in terms of the context of what you're talking about, before you went to see this particular man, did you know anything about him at all? None. I never heard of him, never went down there. I was hanging around in San Francisco and just was glad I made, I made it to the interview. Uh, how did you happen to go to uh, San Francisco, um, that particular interview? And for our listeners listening to this, uh, this interview of Gibbs of Me, this is what Gibbs Williams does so well. He, he asks questions. A lot of my coincidence stories and others are just one-shot descriptions. Gibbs wants to know context, and that takes a little bit of time, as you'll see that we're doing here, and an inquiring mind, which Gibbs has. 
Well, I was I was at Yale Medical School and wanted very much to go to the West Coast. Why? Had, why? Why the West Coast? Uh, because that's where the the action was. Remember, this is late 1960s. I'd been in uh, Los Angeles in 1965 and met some very interesting people and learned about uh, occult practices, particularly tarot cards and astrology. And that prepared me actually for my uh, time in San Francisco when I was an internship because that was being discussed. Those ideas were being discussed in San Francisco at that time. Did you have some sense that the particular uh, place that you went for the interview was uh, hip to that kind of material? No, they were not. Uh, how did you happen to pick that particular place and that particular interview? Well, I didn't pick the interview. Um, why, why that place? What were you interviewing for? Well, it was right down the road from San Francisco, and I wanted to stay in San Francisco. So Stanford was really close to San Francisco. So, and I also liked the, I also liked Stanford. I liked the name Stanford. I'd gone to Yale, and I'd gone to Swarthmore College, which was a pretty good school too. So I thought I had a chance to get into another pretty good school at Stanford. But mostly it was, it was down the Bayshore Freeway, uh, thirty forty five minutes. What was the interview for? What what job? What position? It, it was for a first year psychiatric residency slot. Uh, when you the first time you laid eyes on this guy was when you uh, were introduced to him. Yes, yes, never heard what of him the, before. If you remember, what was the first thing you uh, uh, experienced meeting him? Uh, kind of a big guy who had big glasses and uh, was looking at me very curiously um, and uh, seemed interested in getting to know me. You had a, uh, a good feeling about him? Yes. Um, he reminds you of anybody at the time? Um, a little bit of a guy named Thaddeus Golas, who wrote a book called The Lazy Man's Guide to Enlightenment, uh, whom I'd met in San Francisco before I met Fred. Uh, in, uh, very briefly, or take as long as you want, What's the secret of the lazy man's guide to whatever enlightenment? Um, I, that will be difficult to say. It's a short book, but it's pretty condensed. Um, but was it, it based must, on it, it, was it based on intuition? Go, yeah. go with feelings. Yeah, it was more intuitive than uh, anything else. It was his experiences in trying to be able to do shortcuts to enlightenment for people. Before you. Um, what, what was the question that prompted you to talk about Kelly? Um, tell me what you've been reading lately. Tell me what you're interested in. Uh, so, in effect, he gave you a really broad, general question where you could go anyplace. Yeah, yes. He okay. just he wanted to get to know how I thought. Yes. So, the sense of being with this guy who, you know, uh, can determine your fate, at least in terms of there. We'll continue later. We will be back in a short while for our next segment with Gibbs Williams.
While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at... Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying... Welcome back to Connecting with Coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. I'm delighted to have as our guest today, Dr. Gibbs Williams, a psychoanalyst who has a wonderfully important view of coincidences. Gibbs and I have had long conversations in the past 
about how to understand coincidences. Gibbs and I have a difference of opinion uh, in that we both do agree that there is much more to what an individual contributes to a coincidence. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Then most people tend to think. There tends to be a belief in God or the universe by many people or in probability by many other people. But both Gibbs and I share the interest and value, as both of us are psychotherapists, in looking for personal responsibility in the creation of coincidences and personal responsibility in understanding how they operate. So we are talking now about how my psychodynamics, how my defense mechanisms, my ego psychology, my other psychodynamic behaviors and inside my mind may have contributed to a coincidence involving how I got a residency training slot at Stanford uh, in 1968. So Gibbs, we were talking about Fred Melges and how I brought up George Kelly out of nowhere after Fred had given me a lot of uh, opportunity to say whatever I wanted. And for some reason, and this is intuition operating from my perspective, I brought up George Kelly. Somehow it seemed like a good thing to talk about. And George Kelly was because Fred was studying George Kelly himself. And it's rare for any psychiatrist at any time to be studying an obscure psychologist from Ohio State. Let me say this. Uh, just one more question on uh, you meeting him and how you happen to come up with that. You're a very reflective guy. You were in. You were put on the spot. He gave you a very open-ended question. You could go either way, any way. When you came up with that Kelly book or that Kelly author, uh, I imagine you ran it in your mind a split second before you said it and determined that you could have a green light to mention that particular guy. Yes. Did, did it occur to you, did, in looking back on it, um, you could have chosen any number of uh, books to comment on. Why do you think you chose that particular one? Well, that's what we're talking about, Gibbs. That is how I created a coincidence. No, I mean, aside from what, what happened, in looking back, I imagine you chose that book because he said, what are you currently reading? And you were reading that book. 
Well, I was not currently reading that book. Um, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was more open-ended than that. I had read George Kelly um, when I was an undergraduate at Swarthmore, and I had stumbled on the book. And please keep in mind, this wasn't just an assigned reading for George Kelly. This was my being loose in the stacks in the college library, just looking for a book that could be interesting to me. And I was not, I was, didn't know what I was looking for. And I saw this green and white book on the shelf. My eyes were drawn to it. I pulled it out. I started reading it. This idea that a person's processes are psychologically channelized by how he anticipates events was very striking to me. And I read that first chapter and tried to understand it. And bought the book, and I looked at it again uh, for the, a year or two afterwards, but it wasn't something that I was reading in San Francisco in 1968. One further question about that for a second. Before you went for the interview, in your mind, what was your expectation of that interview? Oh, I was just hoping to get in. I just didn't want to interview anyplace else. Um, I just wanted to get in. It was it was my one the one place I was I was applying, and it turned out that I had was applying kind of late because there were only three slots left open. So I just wanted to get in there because um, it was near San Francisco was my main idea, and it was Stanford. All right, from my vantage point, a yes. synchronicity is a marker that a seemingly unresolved problem of the experiencer has been resolved. So the coincidence between you two gods, it's a very good coincidence. From my vantage point, the meaning of it to you is what is most critical. Yes. One, one might say, as Freud did, uh, coincidences happen. You know, in effect, you guys were attuned. You had a very good feeling about him. He had a good feeling about you. Likes tend to attract likes. I don't think it's so extraordinary that he's in particular you know, interested in that particular uh, subject matter as you. Um, good shot. Well, that, that, is the, that is the key question. It was a low probability event for a psychiatric resident applicant to be interested in George Kelly. And it also was a low probability event for a faculty member at a prominent psychiatric department was also interested in George Kelly because no one else was from from what Fred knew and certainly what I found out later. All right. If uh, one possibility, of course, is telepathy and that um, Mark Twain has a beauty uh, group of about 10 of these things uh, in which he was uh, able to um, predict, for example, when uh, mail was sent to him, he was able to predict what was in it before it was sent to him. It was extraordinary. And he came up with a theory of uh, telepathy. I forget what he calls it, but it's, it's a, a, a take on uh, telepathy. This certainly sounds as if it has the uh, ingredients such. However, I wouldn't leave it there. I still please, think it's the meaning. Please don't. It, <laughs> please don't. Because <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be you to leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk to my wife. <laughs> the, um, okay. <laughs> I'll give you the phone number. The um, meaning of it, I think, is very important. To your knowledge, to your re recollection, before you went, were you um, 
in the throes of some personal um, issue, such as perhaps uh, making the move to the uh, West Coast or uh, what you were going to be uh, majoring in or your outlook in terms of your vocational uh, expectations and so forth? Anything like that? Oh, I needed to have a residency in psychiatry. That that was the major transition. Uh, however, I I was also in the midst of what turned out to be an annulment. I had been married for uh, nine months, um, and that marriage was uh, coming to an end. And because it was so short, we had an annulment during that time. So that was a personal transition. Uh, part of the issue had been that she wanted to go back to the East Coast, and I wanted to stay in San Francisco. That wasn't the main one, but it was certainly one of them. So there was, in a way, a, a major impasse. Uh, let's call it a geographical impasse. And um, obviously, you were in the throes of a major difference. And uh, I guess you weren't going to live in Kansas City. So that um, <laughs> compromise was out of the question. Um, did you were, you were insistent that you were going to be in San Francisco, so that if she uh, didn't go along, that was it. Well, she left before um, that decision was was made. Um, it really wasn't, uh, it, but it was pretty clear that I wanted to stay there, and she was very unhappy in San Francisco. It may be of interest to you to know that her father was a past president of the American Psychoanalytic Association. Uh, that's very interesting. Let me cut to the chase. Relative to what you did, which may help to explain uh, how that synchronicity came about, I think you took a big risk. And being such a reflective man as you uh, are, I think you decided to let it all hang out and be absolutely natural and let the chips fall. You were, you made, a, you, made you really had a really good connection with him. And uh, in that, under those conditions, I have found with uh, patients and people that I know, when I feel really uh, in tune and I feel natural, I don't have to prepare, I don't have to guard myself, I could just let it all hang out. It is not unusual to have experiences like couples in love, you know, in the beginning of a relationship where somebody says something and uh, the other one uh, knows they, they, they know exactly what they're saying. It's almost as if they don't have to speak. They're uh, so attuned. I think you were highly attuned with this guy. And uh, it, it may indeed have been um, some kind of telepathic uh, communication. At any event, it sounds like it was birds of a feather. And it doesn't surprise me that even if you, uh, the probability was rare, um, people who are attuned often make connections like this. Well, that's what we're getting to, and attunement is a is context. But Fred and I never met each other before, so it's possible that we had a, a good beginning connection. But if we're not like lovers who know each other really well and have worked at having that fine attunement, or as you do with your patients, and I do with mine, some of them is we work on the attunement and get us so that we're very, very well connected. That and this 
could did not happen so instantaneously with Fred to the kind of depth that uh, you may be referring. So, the, but that's still context. Let's say there was a decent connection. Let us say uh, I let it let it all hang out. That George Kelly. Uh, was more understandable to me than some psychoanalytic ideas that I could talk about George more simply, so that could come up. But my first, my first guess about how this might have happened to use more conventional explanations is to suggest uh, the idea of ocular saccades, namely that our eyes scan our environments, even though we think we're looking straight at something. Our eyes are really scanning around and looking all around the thing we're focusing on. There are many reasons that our eyes do that. It's what happens during rapid eye movement sleep. Our eyes move back and forth scanning. And I wondered if perhaps subconsciously I had picked up uh, a book on his shelf by George Kelly because I remember what it looked like when I saw it on the shelf at Swarthmore. And it's possible that he had that same book on his shelf, but I didn't know that I knew it, but I picked it up subconsciously. Sounds like a very uh, real uh, possibility. Uh, to, to move a little further, though, after you had this experience, what was the meaning of it for you? That for other people, for our listeners, and for me, that wandering around and picking up information that's interesting to you can possibly be helpful to you sometime later in your life. My book, Connecting with Coincidences, has several stories that are like this, where a person learned something years earlier that was interesting to him or her, and then following many years, that piece of information becomes highly valuable to them in maybe getting them out of a difficult situation or entering them into a situation that's very important to them. So remember to remember, follow your nose, follow your intuition, pick up things that are intriguing to you, remember them. They can be very useful in ways you'll never understand, be able to predict into the future. I remember in my analysis of 11 years, Frequently, my analyst Wittenberg uh, would respond, uh, as he always did, with some great reference, which possibly went over my head, and he would make some interpretation or ask me some organizing question that, that sort of had a ring of truth, but I didn't really get my hands around it. And then frequently, four or five months later... We need, we need to end now for our next seg for this segment. We'll be back after a short break. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genix provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. 
You're listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Welcome back to Connecting with Coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. This is the only show in the world dedicated fully and solely to the study of coincidences. Look at co- connecting with coincidence on your, in your Google search, and you'll come up with my YouTube channel, my website, my Psychology Today blog posts, where I ask you to look at psychodynamics of coincidence or coincidence psychodynamics post, where you can learn more about what Dr. Gibbs Williams and I are talking about today, so the psychodynamics of coincidence. We are finishing up a story of a coincidence in which I came up with a name and a book which helped me get a job that I really wanted. And Gibbs and I are trying to figure out what might be the variables that influence my ability to have it. And we both agree that we must look at regular science, conventional science first, to be able to understand coincidences, to be able to explain them. Rather than going to more far out theories, let's use the basic ones first. And Gibbs is one of the few people who study coincidences, who shares with me the importance of looking at personal responsibility and personal causation rather than looking at probability or looking at God or universe as the cause or explanation for coincidences. And it's a delight to have you here, Gibbs, and to be talking with you about Fred Melgis and my coincidence. Thanks. I just wanted to uh, uh, fill in the um, comment that I've started to make. Please do. My analysts would make comments or interpretations. I would try to understand it. Theoretically, it sort of made sense, but I couldn't feel it. Months later, I would often come in and say, oh, that was what you were talking about. So there's some kind of inner work that has to happen in order to what I call confect the material, where you take a dry piece of theory and you convert it into blood and guts, and you go from theory to um, an internalization of the, mean, the richness of the meaning that you bring to it. That, that There's a very important concept called cathexis, where once again, you take a dry, inanimate theory, object, what have you, and convert it into lived or lived, I guess it's lived experience. Um, uh, I, I, I like the, the idea of libidinizing a concept was really... Yes. Was That's really a great job. idea to me, which was I just translated into putting energy into concepts rather than necessarily sexual, which is not just sexual. Libido is a lot of energy, as you mentioned earlier before. And then extending that, I think a very important contribution relative to understanding coincidences or synchronicities and what they can do is that with really big ones, and of course the individual determines the bigness or the importance. Oh yes, importance. oh yes, oh yes. It's up to them. Everybody else can say it's no big deal. It might be a huge big deal to you. It could be life-defining, so it's a big deal. However, that big deal, from my vantage point, is always experienced with an expansion of consciousness. What do I mean by consciousness? I believe that there are evolving states of consciousness and that there are It starts out with what I call kaleidoscopic consciousness, and it goes to symbiotic, and then goes to transitional, and so forth. There's about eight or nine. And are these in your book? Are these listed in your book? Okay. So, and I think very important 
is that, as I started before, different people are going to experience synchronicities from an entirely different vantage point. There are about five different attitudes. One is they just collect them and share them. Then there's bathed in what I call the numinosity or the magical glow. Then there's people who are interested in the implications of these things. What's the location? Where are they from? They're often experienced as if they're transcendent messages from uh, divinity and that you're on the right road and so forth. And another thing is if you examine first assumptions about what you're saying, you'll often get different theories and different theories are going to lead to alternative ways to interpret. I believe that depending upon the attained level of consciousness of the coincider, I like that term you made up, Thank of the coincider, Thank you. that will be the, that will determine the particular theory that that person is going to have with, relative to um, coincidences. And it's interesting in psychoanalysis that following uh, uh, people's synchronicities, it is easy to track whether or not the person is really making a successful change in or transformation in the context of the therapy. As you examine their various attitudes to synchronicities as they occur. This is documented in my book. To understand some, this, uh, this is such a good list you have that uh, I'm going to have to go look at look at it again because um, there's some good ideas in there, very good ideas in there. But are, are you suggesting too that coincidences uh, are are psychologically transformative or can be? Oh, I think they're not only are they, they are markers that that is exactly what's happening. Yes, they are. They are markers that the consciousness of the coincider has expanded. And with it goes an increase of powers, a feeling of uh, increasing meaningfulness, going from a sense of uh, foggy to clear and so forth. There are many indices indicating a progression of uh, major benefits to the uh, person who's experiencing these things. That's very similar to um, the strict Jungian definition of uh, synchronicity, not synchronicity meaning any coincidence, but synchronicity, a synchronicity is a coincidence that helps the person individuate. Yes, and the difficulty I have with Jung is a disagreement over his particular terminology and what it means. For example, he thinks the self is already preformed, and at birth it all splits, and your job is to reconcile the opposites and hook into what he calls uh, the spiritualizing of uh, the universe and so forth, and you will um, attain enlightenment. From my vantage point, nice fantasy, uh, not true. From my vantage point, the self is um, not preformed, and you have to learn how to uh, be aware of what's going on inside you, meaning know what your psychodynamics are, in effect become increasingly aware of what makes you tick and how you make individual meaning. Whereas he uses the collective unconscious, I use the personal consciousness plus the personal unconscious, and the major difference between us is that he uses these kind of archetypal knowledge as uh, the most important information that you get from synchronicities. Mine is person-specific information. Excellent. Excellent. Um, what I want our listeners to know is that both you and Jung share the basic idea that 
many coincidences, particularly these personally relevant ones, help the person psychologically develop to increase consciousness, as you're saying, to individuate, says Jung, both of the same ideas to become more yourself, or similar ideas to become more yourself, although they're also different. That synchronicities are psychologically, psychological change elements many times. It, yeah, but the change is not what you do with these things. The change is implicit in the synchronicity, and of course, these are decoded uh, messages, so you have to interpret them like a waking dream. But if you do that, th then you unearth or decode the hidden message, and in so doing, that leads to an expansion of consciousness. All right. Uh, I think we probably differ in, in what we mean by decoding, although I decode too. And I, I, one of my psychology blog posts that just came out um, uh, yesterday uh, is, is called, Is a Barrage of Coincidences Challenging Your Sanity? And the, it's a story of one person, but there are many stories like it where a person has multiple coincidences, like five or six a week, which shake her understanding of reality. And this woman came to see me from Ohio to understand what happened to her. And she walked out of my office more tuned into her own intuition. And what this experience I described with Fred Melgis did with me in getting the psychiatric residency slot is I was able to respond to my intuition to say something about a book that he and I shared an interest in, which I had no knowledge directly that he shared an interest in. So where did I come up with that intuitive urge? These intuitive urges are very important in creating valuable, useful coincidences. I felt like doing this, and I did it. I had a saccade, ocular saccade possibility as one way to understand what happened with me and Fred. But telepathy is a very good possibility too, Gibbs. And you, you are at least entertaining it there because... I have telepathic-like experiences with patients. I don't know if they're best called telepathic, sometimes at a distance with them, often in the, in the office. And these are striking experiences for all of us. You ever been on a train and you sit next to somebody who looks interesting and you strike up a conversation and it's a two-hour train ride and after the ride and the intimacy that the two of you have uh, come up with, you feel as if you know that person better than your, your parents. And you, and you do. There's and you do. Kind, <laughs> I think it's one explanation for the experience of deja vu, that likes to track likes. And, and it's like two dogs sniffing, or two kids under two who get together uh, real quick and play and are fast friends if there is an exquisite attunement. Well, this, is, this has really been wonderful talking with you, Gibbs, to understand more clearly how you think uh, psychodynamic dynamics uh, gets involved with coincidences, how to think about decoding them, how coincidences can help with psychologic, psychological development, and how I think there's going to be a new discipline developing called coincidence counseling, which will help people understand just what we are talking about when they run into coincidences that are much too difficult, like dreams, as you've mentioned, to be able to understand. It's really been great having you with me, Gibbs. Uh, I wish you continuing success with your great radio program on this X-Zone network. Uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, Curious Minds. See you 
See you next time on Connecting with Coincidence.